wonderful symmetry is supported by cyclos. This comfortable underpant is charged by your lower chakra and is ready to eat the next morning. Artisanally handcrafted with robots and 3D printing, cyclos are powered by dust from a special forest, sea sand, plain old salt, and locally sourced rhizomal fungal extracts. Gosh, you'll feel better with cyclos. Fearful Symmetry. Once upon a time, there was a boy from Nebraska, and he took care of the cows on his father's farm. Now you think about Nebraska as corn and husking corn, but there's lots of cows out there. And this boy, he liked the cows. He felt good and right with the cows. He liked taking the udder of a cow and holding it just right, and gently squeezing the teat to milk the cow in a sensitive way. He didn't want to do anything crude or disrespectful to the cow. And one day, early in the morning, he was handling the udder of a certain cow, and this cow starts thinking, this guy is all right. This feels good. I like it. I like what he's doing. And so the cow suddenly decides, I'm going to talk to this guy. I know I'm not supposed to, but I've just got to thank him and let him know that I really appreciate this. Now, every time the boy finished milking a cow, he always took the time to face the animal and look in its big brown eyes, sort of a gesture of connection. And when he did it this time, with this particular cow, the cow opens its mouth and says, Hey man, thanks for treating me right. Feels good. Feels real good that you're treating me right. And the boy, really almost a young man, he's 15 years old, he says, No problem. My pleasure. And then the cow says, Hey, oh, what are you up to later? What do you got going on? And the boy says, I don't know, I've got a lot of chores, but when I'm done, I was hoping to just chill and maybe play some video games. And the cow says, Call of Duty? And the boy says, yeah, yeah, how do you know that? You, you play video games? And the cow says, nah, 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 we don't get a chance to do that, but I, I don't know, nobody really ever asked me to play. And, and the boy said, well, come over to the crib, play with me. And the cow did come over and did play with him. The crib was just a bedroom in his parents' house, but you know, it was cool, it was cool. They drank Mountain Dew, smoked a little weed, played video games. Then later they were just hanging out, shooting the shit. The cow was telling him a joke about chewing grass, and then he told another one about chewing He had a lot of jokes connected to chewing grass, actually. And at some point, the kid said, hey, what do you think about the whole Palestinian thing, you know, with Israel? And the cow says, well, I don't, I, I don't really know. I don't, 
really consider myself informed to comment on that issue. And the boy says, well, how can you not? How can you not have an opinion? Do you have some trouble with Jews? Is that it? And the cow says, no, I don't have any trouble with Jews. I, I, there are some cows around me that are Jewish. I have no problem with it. I mean, to each his own. But I, I suppose, yes, I find the ongoing Israeli appropriation of Palestinian land rather disturbing. And the boy says, you're not even going to mention the enormity of the Holocaust? And the cow says, well, of course, that was really terrible, but there's also the plight of some two million Palestinians in Gaza. Well, they went on like this for a long time. And when the kid's mom called him down to dinner and he brought the cow, it it was a little awkward because nobody, you know, he didn't say he was having anybody over for dinner and now here's his cow and all. And well, it was just quiet. It was just a very quiet meal. And it did not help that they were eating cheeseburgers that night, which was obviously a source of embarrassment for the boy. To be a good guest, the cow ate some of the burger, but you could see the cow wasn't very happy with it. And when the cow took an enormous crap on the dining room floor, it was just an an uncomfortable moment. Later, as a kid, quietly walked the cow back to the cow shed. He wondered, ah, maybe, maybe I shouldn't have brought up all this political stuff. It, it really gets in the way. I, I hope I haven't jeopardized my friendship with this cow. How do you feel in the morning? Still tired after a good night's sleep? Too dragged out and nervous to face a day? Too tired? Too often? Try Ribitol. If you too need extra amounts of thiamine and riboflavin, Ribitol can help you gain new strength, new energy. Let just one person among thousands of users tell you about the amazing benefits gained from Ribitol. Mr. Daniel Spillane, of New York City. I was feeling tired. My wife heard about Ributol on the radio. Ribitol. After taking it, I feel full of pep. Yes, folks, so confident are we that Ribitol can help you if you are not getting enough thiamine and riboflavin that we offer you this guarantee. Take Ribitol, Ribitol for just one week. You must feel stronger, peppier in seven days, more vital, more alive, or your money back. You have nothing to lose, everything to gain. Get Ribitol from your druggist today. Take Ribitol for pep. Take Ribitol. You've got nothing to lose. Try Ribitol today and feel new energy, strength, and pep.
It's not easy to live on the planet of the apes. They say apes are usually peaceful. I don't know. I've seen plenty of apes who seem extremely dangerous, territorial, bloodthirsty, creatures that would kill and calculate more killing, extremely intelligent brutes. Now, consider the Montgolfier brothers. These two gentlemen were French, and they were awfully clever. They were the first ones to invent a hot air balloon, and they wanted to demonstrate how marvelous their invention was, but they couldn't put a man aboard right away. Too dangerous. So they put a rooster and a duck and a sheep in the balloon, and up it sailed. This happened in Paris, 1783, Louis the Sixteenth watching in a bathrobe from his window. A rooster, a duck, and a sheep. I mean, that's one charming scene, right? Our first astronauts. And this group of lovable livestock went up in the sky, floated around for a couple of miles, and then came back down safe and sound. And the dream of the Montgolfier brothers could go on. You see, Joseph, one of the brothers, had been thinking about the British fortress on Gibraltar. You couldn't breach that fortress by land or water, but by air? Maybe so. He figured that if his hot air balloon could hold a bunch of men, well, you could float that balloon above that fortress on Gibraltar, and then this gang of warriors or assassins or what have you could just parachute down. Joseph was also inventing a parachute at the time, and these men could parachute down into the fortress and then, you know, kill everybody. It's a funny thing, this dream of flight. Man was gravity-bound for so long, tethered to the ground, a lowly thing, living from dust to dust. So imagine flying in the clouds, aloft, weightless, laughing, soaring like the birds close to the heavens, just free, 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 magical. Only it turns out that when men actually began to dream of flight, like the Montgolfier brothers, they began to fantasize about annihilation, mostly with bombs. There was a kind of Victorian age sci-fi genre where writers of fiction depicted men atop their flying contraptions high in the sky with bombs in their hands, devoted to exterminating entire hordes of people that lay below, usually Asians and Africans. And then one day, the dream became real. Ingenious humans did learn to fly, and quickly, very quickly, they learned to bomb. So if they had valuable colonies filled with inferior and rebellious subjects, they might fly over the homes where children played and women cooked and elders sat and then drop their bombs. Boom! That's how they taught obedience and civilization. So early aerial bombing massacred civilians in Libya, Iraq, Somalia, India. It worked so well that they eventually used it in, you know, the big wars, bombing civilians in cities like London, Hamburg, Dresden, Tokyo, Hiroshima. And of course, it's still going on today. It's still going on today. So yes, there are extremely dangerous apes out there. Quite wild, quite wild.
Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom is presented by the company with coverage for everyone. The greatest name in health insurance, Mutual of Omaha. Hello, welcome to Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. The ways of the wild may seem strange to us because we've never seen them before, or because we don't understand them, or because they're so odd that we can scarcely believe them. Now, would you believe, for example, that a chimpanzee such as Mr. Moak, star performer of the chimpanzee show here at the St. Louis Zoo, is uh, ticklish and will laugh out loud? <laughs> Once upon a time, there was an army of monkeys. They were known as the Barbary Apes. But in truth, they were macaques, a type of monkey. Their faces are pink, their fur is brown. They live to the age of 22. They make their home in Morocco, the Atlas Mountains of Algeria, and Gibraltar. Like Gibraltar, these monkeys exist between worlds, balanced on the cusp of the East, the West, and Africa. Legend has it that as long as the Barbary apes roam the Rock of Gibraltar, the territory will remain safely under British rule. In 1944, with British morale battered by the war and the Rock's monkey population dwindling, Churchill took no chances. He ordered a shipment of Barbary apes from Morocco, a short hop across the strait. Sixty years later, in 2003, Britain, the United States, and a coalition of nations were poised to invade Iraq. The Kingdom of Morocco allegedly supported the coalition by offering 2,000 Barbary apes trained to defuse landmines. These fearless monkeys dwelling between night and day at the edge of the world, the stuff of prophecy, an elite army of magic monkeys. And magic they must be. Only 2,000 Barbary apes remain on our planet, yet every single one of them volunteer to serve in this primate army. Where does their power come from? Who is their leader? No, my pleasure, my pleasure. I've never actually talked to a journalist before. Put a free pine in front of me, I'm happy to talk with anyone, even my wife. Kidding, kidding, kidding. She's a lovely woman, lovely. Yeah, yeah, I was there. I signed up for it. Sure, I mean, it was a gig, wasn't it? You do what you gotta do. 
Oh, nothing patriotic in the least. Just one of those things. Just one of those things. Made the decision right here in this very pub with my best mate, Andrew. He's a joker, right? Likes to rub his privates around strangers. Humorous. One day we're sitting here at the Raven, just tossing a few, and he turns to me, serious as ringworm. He says, you know, Reg, if I got braces and fixed my teeth, I think I'd feel better about myself. And that was that. He needed the dosh, I needed the break from the ball of chain, and we went bound for Baghdad. We didn't rightly care where the fuck we went. <laughs> Sorry, I can't give you something a little more inspirational for your readers. When I first heard about it, but I started hearing the radio adverts about employment opportunities and started seeing the recruitment posters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They plastered him all over the bloody walls in town. The king in his high hat, gravely pointing. Inspiring. The king of Morocco is a bowl of my uncle's poo inspiring. The king is a grade-A wanker. Shit for brains. Yeah, not competent to make a proper cup of tea. We macaque always supported him. Yeah, because he was too stupid to do us any real harm, but an absolute joke of a primate. Beg your pardon, I... I feel a good itchy scratchy coming on. Just be a moment. Ah, uh, uh, that, that's a ticket. Nails, do your duty. Yeah, that's good. That's good. What's that? Hero, do I look balmy to you? Am I sick in the head? Do I eat my own shit? Diffusing landmines. We wouldn't get anywhere near a goddamn landmine. That's dangerous, mate. Looney Tunes. We don't get up in the muck with all your blood, support, human, pecker, monstrosities. Torture and murder and annihilation and whatnot, diffusing landmines. Jesus fucking Christ. You do realize that we're already a fucking endangered species, right? I'm parched again. You, you thirsty? Where, where'd she get to? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I took the gig. I'm not saying I didn't take the gig, but it was entertainment. Road shows, bit of the old song and dance, pratfall skits, high-pitched squawks, you know, praying around in polka dot diapers, juggling flaming bananas, that sort of thing. Well, of course, it's degrading. They've always called us Barbary apes, for fuck's sake, like we're, like we're apes or something, but it's just your standard colonial empire decadence and hilarity, same old shit, and they loved us. Big cheers, big ovations, and the drinking was right heavy, I'll tell you that. Yeah, a bit of fun and properly pissed every night. That's all the gig was. Bit of a laugh. But calling us soldiers, all oh, that is rich. I'll tell Andrew about that one. Army of magic monkeys on the march. Is that it? Helping humans kill humans, are we? Sacrificing our mortal frame to work around landmines? Come on, mate. Any author of that mythology, you can suck my hairy macaque, as we say. Ah, there she is. Princess, yeah, two more pints over here. The porter, lovely. I'm feeling a little package. Can you eat? Bring us a bowl of tree bark, or some fresh worms or ants, whatever the chef has back there. All this talk of heroic soldiering's giving us quite the appetite, yeah? Admit it, you've got a great family, beautiful spouse, crazy kids, and you've got a terrific home. But can you protect that family, and can you protect that home? Oh, sure, your surveillance cameras, guard dogs, and semi-automatic weapons help. But is it really enough? Consider the future. 
What happens when hordes of drugged out socialist scum descend on your household for water or food? Then you'll need something with a bit more bite. That's where Raytheon comes to the rescue. Raytheon, the first name in American defense, can now help your family and friends with Raytheon home munitions. Now you too can own bazookas, rockets, bombs, grenades, landmines, flamethrowers, and more. All weapons tastefully designed in a variety of colorful prints and patterns for the modern household. Go to our website, check out our digital catalog, and find something wonderful for your family today. Act now and get 40% off of our top line of stylish nerve gas canisters, all designed to stop intruders dead and keep your household safe. Raytheon Home Munitions, because freedom means a loving family with a deadly arsenal. Once upon a time, there was a piranha who forgot where he lived. He swam from ocean to ocean, from river to river, from lake to lake, from swimming pool to swimming pool, from toilet to toilet. He was looking for home. For some time now, he had been feeling confused, out of sorts, a little foggy. He figured if he could just find one thing that he recognized and then maybe another, then he'll remember. He'll know. He'll say, yes, that's where I need to go. And then he'll swim off. But nothing seemed familiar. It hurt him to move through the world like this. People, the way they look at him, pointing like he's a freak. Why don't they just leave him alone? He's tired, can't they see that? He's not even hungry anymore. Which is saying something because, you know, he's a piranha and he is lost and he is lonely and he cannot find his way back home. One day in a sprawling and hopeless city, he finds himself flopping in the middle of a huge puddle, filthy and rancid, in a desolate alley of overflowing garbage, hypodermic needles, used condoms, shit-encrusted rags, broken appliances, dead birds, overturned boxes of shredded plastic, and a dumpster full of smoldering tar and asbestos. And then, he can't seem to move anymore. His gills feel peculiar. His teeth seem to be floating away. A heavy, thick syrup slowly courses through him and he looks around 
and he thinks to himself, maybe this is home. 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 Maybe. Maybe. Maybe this. up a forest, put it in a box and send it far Climb a mountain touch the top and blow it up Find a river, steamboat a river and dam it up A bubble in the soil is a gurgling oil now blow it out Oh civilization Oh civilization This episode of Fearful Symmetry was written, produced, and performed by Bob Paris. Music came from the recording artist Gumble, and Dan Hanrahan wrote and sung the closing song, Civilization. Deke Weaver made various contributions to the episode, including the commercial for Cyclos, underpants handcrafted by robots, and powered by magic dust. For more information, please go to fearfulsymmetry.org. Civilization. Oh, civilization.